What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil! Yeah! Welcome back to Rank Em All, everyone. The Alice in Chains rendition carries on to the next chapter. We are officially in the post-lane era of the Bomb band. Bomb. Yes, big stay in your lane. Oh, oh, too soon. <laughs> Two gunshots today. Bang, bang. Oh, <laughs> nice no more. I think that would be rank them all Nirvana, bro. Uh, Ouch. Or 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 Tupac. Ouch. <laughs> well, yeah. Or or brother dime. Anybody, guys, it's Black Gives Way to Blue this week. Here on the show, the the show's getting off to a dark start. <laughs> so bear with us. Um, and we're back. And we're I back. Need pep- I need a fresh Pepsi. God damn it. You, you, I was about ready to introduce you, motherfucker. Let's do that first, okay. and then I'll sleuth away at okay. some point. I'm in the one show. of your hosts, Brando, and joining me here this week, as usual, is the usual suspects, the one and only Pod Daddy, Nate Phillips. Man, we're up in this motherfucker. I'm so stoked to be back podcasting, guys. It has been a time for the podcast viewer. It's been five days or whatever the release schedule, seven days, I think it is. Um, man. It's cool to sit and catch up with you boys. Obviously, we are not alone, Brando. Today, we are joined by the stepdad of the Journey into Comics Network, the big dick daddy himself. Welcome back, T.Y. How's it going, bro? Good, good. Happy to be back. I got the mullet fluffed up. Got my flower hat on. It's all vibes over here at uh, Stepdad HQ. Ooh, I like that. Stepdad HQ. I want, I want that. I want to be in that. Uh, but hey, hey, well, we, you know, obviously are never alone. He is the dog father oh, of shit, the dog. Journey into Comics Network. I'm just coming up with it on the fucking fly. Just, I, like, you, I like to think of myself as the creepy uncle. I don't like to think in of 2022. Please, don't please do not again. do that. Yeah. Undo that, bro. Take it back. Take that back. <laughs> no. Uh, anyways, welcome back to the fold once again. The man, the myth, the legend, Buckles. How's it going, brother? I am doing very well. I'm on day fucking like seven of a nine-day vacation. Woo! I've done as little as humanly possible for nine days. It has been wonderful. Fresh off of a, uh, a trip to the zoo with the stepdad and family. Mm-hmm. So good, good fucking day, yeah. R.I.P. Harambe. Dude, I got to watch an orangutan shit off the ceiling, man. (laughs) Dude, it was wild. We watched an orangutan straight climb up to the very top. Fucking three stories. Three Three stories. stories. And shit and piss. (laughs) Like it was a water sprinkler. It's like, what? What? And of course, everybody in the building. Oh, yeah. It's like watching somebody trip the sprinkler system at a fucking warehouse. Yeah, It's absurd. (laughs) This thing. The orangutan shit sprinkler. Dude, it was like this. It dropped one of these from the sky. Three fucking stories. Yeah, imagine getting hit with that, dog. You're done. Watch out, Borneo. (laughs) Fucking shit. 
<laughs> anyway. Sumatra, this motherfucker. Yeah, Sumatra Borneo <laughs> fucking watch the skies, man. <laughs> <laughs> fucking stay safe. Mm. But Don't uh, look no, up. We had uh, we had a beautiful, Don't beautiful know. weather. Awesome time. Got to check out the new kangaroo exhibit, yep. which was cool. So, Got to watch Ru- Ruby fed a giraffe. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that why we mentioned? Never mind. I can't mention that here yeah. now. <laughs> Whoa. Nope, uh, negative. I'm going to go get my Pepsi just to keep it uh, right there. Yeah. Keep it K Fabe for sure. Uh, this week, guys, we are, of course, talking about Black Gives Way to Blue. That's the next chapter of the Alice in Chains saga, of course. Last week, we covered the the, the remaining songs that had to be ranked. The, it, out of, it, was, it was all the stuff from Music Bank that was never released properly. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was the end of the Lane Staley era. Uh, the band was definitely on a long hiatus and was unsure whether or not they would ever do anything together again. However, they did, and they got back to, they back together to do some shows. Uh, I want to say it was either some charity or some 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 reunion shows, and the 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 rumbling started to have come around of whether or not maybe they were gonna like get the band back together uh, and do a new album. What's interesting here is is that there seems to be some like early stuff that says that they weren't going to use the Alice name. Sean Kenny, the drummer, uh, has been quoted in an interview as saying that uh, he'd love to get back and play with the boys and do some new stuff, but maybe not under the Alice name. Maybe leave that in the past. Uh, ultimately, they decided not to do that. And I, I definitely want to get your guys' opinion before because... You've seen it before with some other bands where key members pass on, and like you have bands like ACDC that pretty much like uh, hired a new guy and went right back to work, and they, then they ended up making their most iconic record of all time. You have other bands that did like uh, Sublime with Rome, uh, kind of a you know, or Queen with Adam Lambert, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Journey with uh, the guy from Journey now, whose name I don't know. Well, yeah, you know, well, and was and that guy did not, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, he did not die, but he definitely just quit playing with the band. But no, like you do have bands that continue on with other members and keep the name. But when you have some, what we've ranked so far, if Alice never made an, anything else, they've already had one hell of a legendary Hall of Fame career, for sure. And Absolutely. So I'm going to start with Ty. Before I and we'll go we'll go around and and, and we'll pla- and, you'll, and we'll pass this around. What is your opinion on them continuing on the legacy of the band name after Lane's passing? Would you have preferred them to just maybe call themselves a, a different band name, or would you are you like on board with them adding to what has come before? I'm kind of torn fifty fifty because if you look at like. You know, similar situations. Um, when you get those groups where it's like Audio Slave, okay, mm-hmm. you basically got all of Rage Against the Machine just with a different front man. Mm-hmm. Something cool comes out of it. Um, and then, you know, Velvet Revolver was also a very similar situation. It's all, it's like you've got these really established musicians, and then it's like, what can we put together? I think in this case, I think especially you know, how, how close, um, these guys were as, as far as, uh, just friends, 
you know, especially like Jerry and Lane <clears throat> and the experience that they shared, uh, you know, especially with those first couple albums, I think it's awesome that they decided to keep the name. And I think it's a, a fantastic way to honor Lane um, by, you know, just continuing to do their stuff, you know. They didn't because really you can't really say that they changed who they were a whole lot because it's just it's the same band just without Lane's influence, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So to me, it's the same ship, just minus one crew member. What you about know? you, Buckles? So um, oddly enough, my opinion, my answer to that question changed. My opinion on that changed while I was listening to these two albums. Um, prior to listening to them, uh, you know, having just heard a little bit of. Uh, some of the singles pretty much released after with the new with the new band. Um, I was all for it because they sounded very similar. Like uh, we're going to talk about Check My Brain, which was the first single they released with the new guy. Sounded like I mean, everybody says he sounds just like Lane Staley. Like that sounds like Allison Chains. And I, you know what? Cool. You're right. It does. I'm all for it. Good. I'm glad they're keeping the name going. Having listened to the albums, though, I feel like. I wish they would have gone with something new because I feel like trying to be Alice in Chains hamstrung them because they, I feel like they forced trying to sound like Lane. I think they would have been better served letting their, especially the new singer, letting him do, letting, letting him be his himself or letting the band be a new band with this lead singer. I feel like they would have been better served going from a Raging Against the Machine to an, uh, to a, uh, an audio slave because I feel like they probably would have had a better sound had they not forced it. Nate, what do you think? Really ruminating on what everybody's said here. Um, there are two other band examples that I think about when I think about eras, right? And I, and I think about um, the misfits, obviously, with me as personal. Mm. And they're two very different things that are under the same banner. And there's a lot of same parts, but is it really the same thing? No. And then I look at like, and this is people are maybe people are going to jump on my dick about this. I don't know. But <clears throat> I look at post death of the Rev Avenged Sevenfold. And here is the one thing with both those acts that you it is an X factor that every time we're talking about this, no one's really mentioning the real X factor. And I know I know I get it. Lane's dead, but his actual style not necessarily his voice, his style of which with he wrote those songs is what gave them that different flavor. And it is super evident in these two albums that you have a different cog in the wheel who can still play the role really, really well. But is this really like uh, Cantina Cantrell's band? and not really Alice in Chains. Like, it's so much Jerry now. You can hear 95% of both of these albums are Jerry. And okay, he's really the legacy of the band. But taking away that X Factor, taking away your Danzig, or taking away your Rev when you're doing it in the music, those things, the intangibles of how they viewed music and how they perceived what when they wrote, those are the things that make them drawn and make us want to hear them more. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a couple times where there is some Lane Staley level of writing, collaborating happening. 
in the first album and I'm just like there for it. We'll get to the second album later, but I digress. So I'm all for them keeping the name simply first and foremost, how long they let the band be dormant. It it seems like they took more than enough time to mourn their brother, figure out what they were going to do. If they, I mean, you have, you know, four of the five sitting in a room. They love playing together. There's that key element that we said that's missing. It's Lane. They all love Lane. They, it, it always comes back to like, like what would Lane would have wanted? Would it, like, like would he wanted them to just stop if he wasn't no. there? And you could almost say that for any band. Like, like what what band member would be like if I ever die, stop doing this. <laughs> that right. that almost sounds so like so conceited, and with how close these guys were and how awesome they were together, you could see that like he probably wouldn't have wanted that. But obviously, the band was in a sort was in a state of hiatus before his death and after his death, and it and it comes to the interesting thing here is that you know they brought in uh, William Duvall to be the new singer, and he doesn't sing lead on this album at all. No, it's Jerry. Jerry sings lead on this album, mm-hmm. um, and that maybe could be the right way to go. It could be the wrong way to go. It could be your opinion. Um, the interesting thing to me is is that when I listen to this album with analysis mode on, because I've heard this album before, I've bonded with people over this album because of my love of Alice, and it, it, Alice came back in '09. I was like, oh, I was there. I, I was all for it. Um, it's very man. There, there, there are some parts on this album. It gets deep into their therapy of healing, of moving on, moving forward, turning the page. And I'm so glad that 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 this was on here on these notes here to remind me about the album title. You guys know where the album title came from. No, uh, I believe I read it on Wikipedia at one point um, <clears throat> about like, isn't it about like a sun, like a sunrise or something along those okay. lines, like dark part of the night, giving way to the blue of the day or something like that. When Chris Cornell's daughter, Lily, asked her mother, what does black gives way to blue mean? Her mother suggested they call their uncle Jerry and ask him. And he told her. Sometimes there are very dark and challenging times in life, and it may seem like things will never get better. But if you stay strong, keep moving forward, and look out on the horizon, you'll start to see a little point of light way out there, and slowly the black would give way to blue. Beautiful. It's healing. The, and that's the perfect title for this album because while, while like there, there, are, there are tracks here that obviously aren't, all wallowing in their in their pity or their uh, healing, there are definitely tracks that are that are like right. you hear it and it, it comes through on musical, on lyrical, so many different uh, 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 bits of tone. This album's a pretty mixed bag of sad, but also hopeful. Moving forward, turning that page. Uh, the, the 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 band is as as we've said, it's Jerry Cantrell, William Duvall. Um, interestingly enough, 
the stepbrother? Is he stepbrother or half brother of? I think it's half. Robert Duvall, the actor. <laughs> Robert Duvall's like ninety, and this dude's like, I think he's about sixty now. You know, when when William joined the band, I always thought he was like way younger. But he's I right. Thought so too. Yeah, but it, like, he's about the same age. And of course, we have uh, you know Mike Inez on bass and uh, Sean Kinney on drums. But uh, this says Jerry Cantrell, lead and backing vocals, lead guitar. William Duvall, backing vocals, rhythm guitar, and lead vocals mm-hmm. in Last of My Kind. He only sings lead on one song on this album. So Damn. it's not going to be until the next album that he's going to take a little bit more of a front role. And then, of course, the thing is, why do I think that they should have kept the name going forward? It's the risk. I'm all for bands trying something new, even if it doesn't work. You, uh, if you listen to this podcast, you've listened to uh, do us have us rank other bands. The risk of moving on, the risk of bringing in Sammy Hagar to replace David Lee Roth after 1984, their biggest album to date. The and it went to number two. The only reason why 1984 didn't go to number one is because it opened up next to Thriller. Michael Jackson, bro. God damn. So they brought in Sammy Hagar. I can't drive 55, dude. The Red Rocker. Is he Sammy Hagar? Hell no. But what did 5150 do? Their first number one record. It still worked. And then the, the albums, as you've, as you've heard, they kind of like maybe the ranks go down a little bit. But they evolved their sound. They changed. And they kept in it because it's still Van Halen. Metallica changed their sound for St. Anger. They, 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 they were going through some times and some shit. And people, I mean, you could even talk about them changing their sound and their style post Cliff's death. Uh, sure, they, they really actually, made a real right turn. Sure. Um, it, ironically, their their current bass player has been in the band like the longest of any ever. Anybody? It'd be twenty years next year. So, like, is it really Jesus? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, like, both the reason you know a lot of people hate on that album, and we sure as hell ranked it here. But without that album, you wouldn't have had. <clears throat> what they would later on go on to do. And For sure. honestly, post lane, them getting back together, this album is what came out of it. And it, this album is decorated. Uh, it, um, a couple albums went to number, a couple of the singles went to number one and it is certified gold <laughs> in the United States. Of course, this is in the era where record sales really stopped being what they used to be. There are yeah, four the singles. MP3, yeah. yeah. There are four singles, and, and we'll talk about them as we go. And uh, th- this is going to be a really exciting one to talk about because, th- 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 again, th- the reason why I was excited to do Alice is the same reason I was excited to do uh, Van Halen because there's so much iconic stuff, and then there's a change of the guard. There's a big change and to mm-hmm. compare and contrast, but also – See where it goes. Let, like, let's go exploring. We've already gone through some dirt. We already went through some sap. We already went through a jar of flies. Now let's go through black. We've had a facelift. We, we did have a facelift along the way. Um, and, and, and pretty sure so did they. Anyway. Um, uh, we, found, we found a three-legged dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Name Lucky. Um all tracks are written by Jerry Kentrell, except we're noted. There's only two tracks here. So this is very much Jerry's project. This album, the band was not signed to a record label when the album came out or when the album was being recorded. They, the album was completely funded by Jerry and Sean Kenny. So Damn. that's uh, awesome. Uh, 
They mm-hmm. this is a passion project. They got the band back together. When you 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 have to think there's a level of risk with it. Even though they've been playing with 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 William for quite a few years before this doing live performances, you you're dedicating recording still a whole different animal, yeah. Yeah, you're 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 dedicating tape to this new because it's going to be new. Mm-hmm. To be fair, you know, uh, Buckle said sometimes they struggle to try to sound too much like Alice. If anything, there's stuff on here that sounds really removed from Alice. Mm-hmm. And I really dig that. Uh, and I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. The album came out September 29th, 2009. Mm-hmm. And clocks in at 52 minutes and 12 seconds. Are you guys ready to start d- diving into the tracks? Let's Absolutely. do it. The opening track, All Secrets Known, written by Jerry Cantrell. I don't believe that is a single. It is not. Not a single for the opening track. But to break with how I usually do this, because I'm always the guy that introduces the tracks. I have all the stuff in here on my computer. I usually roll into going first. I'm not going first. I'm interested. We're going to let Buckles go first. What do you got to say? Um, I liked it quite a bit. It's a really good, strong start to the album. Um, there's a really interesting chord progression for it. Um, the only problem I really had with it at all, especially I love the bridge, like the like the back third of that song really takes off. Um, the only thing I, the only knock I had against it, and it became a theme for the album and really for their sound currently, is they bury the vocals. Like mm-hmm. they, there's points in this album, and it, this is it's a little bit on this song, gets worse throughout the album. But there's so many times where they you can't make out what the lyrics are because the guitar is so heavily over. Um, I don't know if it's a if it's a an issue of mixing. I don't know if it's an issue of uh, Cantrell's vocals being in different you know timbre. If it's just mimicking mom- uh, the the guitar tablature so much, or if it's just flat out just getting overshot. I really dug it. Um, it has a really good progression. Like, there's a really a uh, couple of really cool guitar uh, guitarists in there, uh, especially in the last third of the song. Um, the lyrics are cool. Uh, the only problem I had with it is that there is a kind of a theme that starts here, and that the vocals are a little buried. Um, whether that's because of Cantrell's uh, volume himself, whether that's a mixing question, whether that's just you know getting overdubbed by the guitars, I'm not sure. But it's uh, I actually have the notes like I really want to like this more, even though I gave it a, a pretty decent score. I wanted to like it more, but I just I couldn't hear the vocals half the time, mm-hmm. and that's even with my shit hearing. But <laughs> they're like when I when I watch these videos, I actually have the lyrics pulled up, yeah. so I can follow along with them. I needed them more for this this album because I could I was having trouble discerning them, and um, but other than that, like the guitar work especially is really cool. That back third is awesome. Uh, really good, strong start to the album. <clears throat> awesome. T.Y., what do you got to say, pal? I actually, um, I agree with most of what Alex said. Um, the The vocals definitely, I'm, I'm kind of listening to the song in the background right now. There are definitely periods, maybe a quarter of the way through, and then like two-thirds of the way through, like just before half, you know what I'm saying. Um and it's weird. It gets real low, like to the point where it's almost like, you know, somebody's got the mixer in their hand and they're just turning his vocals. They're like he's not getting any down. quieter, but the vocals 
like yeah. that portion is just getting quieter. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at some some metrics here. Uh, it's it's almost five minutes long, which to me is a little bit long, but only five million plays on Spotify. Only five million. That's I'd be I'd be interested to see how that is compared to like the first single from the album because this one was not released as a single, right? No. Check my brain was the first single on the album, right? Right. No. Thir- uh, Your decision was. Yeah, that's no. right. Yeah. No. Oh, I'll be damned. I did not know. What? That. No. Looking in that. view was the first single. I didn't know that at all. Huh. Yeah, that's only got five million plays too. This one's actually got more plays. Interesting. Yeah. Um, when the looking in view was the first thing, the first thing you heard from it, uh, it definitely was different. It's, it's pretty, you know, uh, pretty heavy, but no, it, it wasn't the first single. Nate, <laughs> Nate, Ow. what do you like? What do you got for me, pal? All secrets known. You know, everybody's talking about it, but no one's really dissecting it. The The lyrical content of this song is like, okay, if you're going to do a, a, re, a rebirth of a band, the fucking vocals of this song are perfect. Hope, a new beginning, time, time to start living, just like before we died. Yep, it's like, it's, like, it's the most optimistic Allison Chain song in a hot minute. Yeah, <laughs> right. But, it's even got Elton John on piano. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yep. I did not know that. That's amazing. Absolutely. But um, it's really a, a groovy jam. It's. Um, a song that does get stuck in my head. It has great replayability. Um, there are some points that are kind of droning, but the the marching of the guitar riff, riff, if that makes sense, the do 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 do. Like I love that. It just gives me this like almost on edge feel. Like what's coming next? I'm so excited for the next part of this album. What's coming? It's a it's a it's, good sense of forward motion. Exactly. It's setting up the album to be successful because it's a good first step. Like you're listening to this as a fan. You're like, I'm not mad at this, Allison Chains. Like, let's continue this. Yes. It, we know it doesn't have Lane. That's sad. He's dead. It sucks. But this sounds pretty cool. Let's keep rolling with it. And that's kind of where I sit. I'm really satisfied when I listen to this song. So really quick, uh, Elton John plays piano on Black Goes Way to Blue mm-hmm. later on. Uh, album closer oh um anyway all secrets known uh i thought it was a pretty decent opener nate you hit it on the head with some of the lyrical content mm. exactly what i said turning the page and and i almost start off the album with it and it gets a little bit like a little like darker pr- reflective as the album goes on um but the intro i wrote sounds like a demented van halen and i love that i actually love that um comparison the the overall song it definitely felt a little inspired maybe not maybe this is just what however long it took to record this when they recorded it in the style but if you ever heard like some generic 2000s rock uh, it has a little bit of that in here as well yeah not oh, saying it's definitely dad rock for yeah sure. yes yes exactly it's definitely dad rock thank you for for hitting that it's a it's it's almost like Alice doing dad rock. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a bad thing, but it's noticeable. But all in all, I did enjoy it, uh, especially thematically, and uh, it was pretty heavy in spots. I gave it an eight. Nate, what did you give it? A seven point two five, not too far off the horn. 
T-Y. 7.25 as well. Buckles. We got a pair of pairs here. I gave it an eight. There you go. All right. Two pair, two pair. <clears throat> two pairs indeed. The next song, Check My Brain, was the second single from the album. I let you all just say that it was the first single, and I knew it wasn't. But I'm like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait, and I'll say it later. Uh, yeah, I would have lost up. money on yeah, that. Go all ahead. Day. Go ahead and flex. Go ahead and yeah, flex. Well, I, I I distinctly remember the summer of 09. I have weird cognitive memory like i can just <laughs> pull shit out of the cockles of the brain and oh trust me i understand that completely tyler's played magic with me and i don't remember any of my life pre-2004 <laughs> well i'm sorry for to hear that about you Lim- <laughs> moment of silence for tyler's pre-2004, pre-2004. <laughs> but like when i've been elevated that has unlocked memories that in that detail that I can no longer access in that detail. Like me as a kid when I'm seven years old up at uptown getting an RC cola out of the machine. Like Ooh, and all yeah. of a sudden I'm there and I can taste the RC cola. They also had this really, I don't know the name of it. It's like a, it was in a blue can and it was a tropical punch. It was like old town tropical punch. I've never been able to find it. Never been able to Google it. I, I'm probably misbrand, mis, uh, misremembering the name of it. But was it, was, it knee-high tropical punch? If it was, I am going to die, and I'll find it. Anyway, uh, Check My Brain was the second single released on August 14th, 2009. And I'm going to go first this time. And there's no way. Nate's over there just, just jamming to the damn song. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> so, like, I can't do that because if I played it I, in no. the background, yeah. it would be all over this podcast and it would just get pulled. Yeah, so, like, I, I, yeah. I would love to do that and, and just be reminded of stuff as I go along, but I, I got to pull on that memory. Uh, I cannot rake this song without being biased. I'm, we got to talk about it. I'm going to get that out of the way. This song kicks so much fucking ass. Yeah, it does. Yes, and it, does. it is so much fun to play. Yes, it is. Nate and I covered this when in our band. Oh, speaking of flexing. Oh, baby, look at the EP of the Patriots. He pulled out. Ah, oh, Tigertron, no! <laughs> Falling no! <laughs> anyway. Ah, Tigertron, no! <laughs> This uh, we played Man in the Box, and we and the other one because some of the bands like uh, we decided to pick two songs for covers because of, because our sets were made up of originals and covers, and sometimes we'd be like, let's do two songs from each band. That way, on a certain set, we can not play this one. We'll play this one. We'll do this one. We'll, we'll have like right. ones we change out, and so we did Man in the Box, obviously a classic song. But then we were like, let's do Check My Brain. That just came out, and that song's fucking killer. And yeah. it was a fucking blast to play. Uh, the simp- uh, It's very simple, and the, t- and the vocal tone shift, it's a vocal tone shift from the past where it's more, uh, it seems happier and blissful. Why? Because he's high, and he's chill. Um, but it's welcomed. Again, uh, a, more, a little bit more positive for from Alice in Chains, but the the tone is reminiscent enough, but it's in a step of a different direction, and mm-hmm. I and I really dig it. And I'm gonna shift it over to Nate to go next. Man, I remember um, <clears throat> this song was still being played pretty recently on the radio, and we oh, decided yeah. we were covering this song. Like I'm talking way back, 
and um the the ending where uh there's the ahs happening over the tears that fill my bond like that harmony wise is probably my favorite one of my favorite things on the album but the song is super cool because he's talking kind of about how he had this notion that Callie was fucking all one way, super Hollywood, and he would hate right. it, never wanted to move there, never wanted right. to be there because he was a Seattle guy. And then he gave it a fucking chance because you never know until you never try and never try if you never know. And he fucking liked it. And he's like, oh, well, now I got to write a dope song about it and check my brain because, you know, maybe I shouldn't be so judgmental of things. Mm-hmm. And I really love the the kind of the lyrical undertone of uh, of this song. So, um, yeah, man, I really um, have always loved Check My Brain. It's a, it, like Brano said, it's a fun song to play. We have a lot of really fond memories across our Draxis eras um, performing that song. It was on, I believe, the last show we ever played as a band. We played that song. I need to go look at that set list, but pretty sure that's the case. Um, yeah, but that's all I've got for Check My Brain. T.Y., we're going to go to you next. But first, I, if I were in your vicinity, I would give you a big wet sloppy kiss. <laughs> Tyler's out here doing God's work. You are. You fucking found it. And this website doesn't know what it's talking about. Maybe it's changed, but when I was a kid, it was the best 35 cents I ever spent in my life. Give for the some- record, for reference, Tyler found the picture of the, of the, of the old uh, town tropical punch soda. <laughs> I gotta find it, it. It had a blue can, right? Yes, yes. The label yeah. is it, the, the label is accurate, except for it look. It when, looks like knockoff Hawaiian Punch. It does, and it probably what I is. Was and I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> I, I am mad at you. So, like, yeah, the label was blue. It didn't have the fruit on it that I remember, but it has that little circular logo up in the corner. Oh, what, like, what are you sending me? Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Oh yeah, that, that, that's gonna get us pulled right there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm over here. There's a massive amount of jism we need to clean Send up him, now. You on son the of a bitch! <laughs> oh God, where can I buy you? <laughs> Dude, they had a peach one. Dude, this that... is gonna be like uh like the uh, fucking Tallahassee and the Dude. Uh, and the... Okay, here's the picture. Here's the, here's the fucking picture. I'm just very violently reacting to this old town <laughs> tropical punch. Dude, they have a wild, they had a wild strawberry one too. Banana mango, strawberry kiwi, blue rass. Yep, there you go. Uh, that, that's the blue can. Brando's got core memory unlocked here. Dude, <laughs> it was uptown at the grocery store that were that stayed in business for way too long for a town with only 600 people. It was, <laughs> the only thing they ever made money on was that it had video rentals. And Outside was a Coke and Pepsi machine, and off to the other side, a lone RC Cola machine. They had RC Cola, probably some root beer, and this gem. This. <laughs> and the RC Cola I... machine, it wasn't 50 cents. It was 35 cents. So a poor oh, kid shit. like me could go up with a quarter and a dime, walk away with one of these, and feel instantly satisfied. But Instant I'm, gratification. Yes, absolutely. And I'm actually interested to hear what you've got to say about Check My Brain. Uh, I'm telling you right now, I don't have a whole lot to say. Um, I was trying to uh, uh, compile my thoughts while I was thinking about Old Town Fruit Punch because <laughs> I've never had this before. So now you have a quest to reclaim it, and I'm on a quest to taste it for the first time. So this is some next-level shit mm-hmm. that we got brewing in the background. But um, I think 100% that had this song 
not featured as much airtime on the radio for as long as it did. Because even now, Still, you know, yeah. if, if, if it, it's played weekly quite a bit. Um, might you know, I say, we, I'm sorry to just interject. No, go ahead. But to add to that, it might be their biggest success song. Absolutely. Of the new era. like Yeah, totally agree. This is their, this is this era's man in the box, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, for sure. Carry on. But I was, I was going to say, you know, had this song not had as much success as it had, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know that that maybe they would have continued. That you know, it because, was kind of the make or break moment. Yeah, yeah, because I think for sure, you know, and as we'll continue to rank, I think the rest of the album is fantastic. Um, but dude, this this one's a fucking banger, man. <laughs> it's just it's so it's such a goddamn catchy song. And really is. you know, like Nate was saying, lyrically, there's there's some cool shit. Um, so you know, walk one these of the best. streets, I creep in a fog. Oh yeah. And oh, when yeah. she rang, oh, no, I answered yeah, it's the a, call. It's not, oh yeah, it's ah. well, I said that lovingly. Just, okay. I said that lovingly. Okay, okay. Go for it, Buckles. What you got? Um now, see, this is I was surprised to hear that this wasn't the first single because this was the first exposure I had to the new format of the band uh this was my first time hearing anything mm-hmm. that like oh shit allison chains has a new song um and yet it is and, and again the first reaction i had is holy shit that sounds like allison chains i could pick that out of a fucking police lineup um it's got That's that old school crime. it's got like this old school menace to it um it's got the harmony that everybody loves it was him your honor he fucked my ears <laughs> Moving on. Oh, yeah. Um, I need that as a soundbite. Honestly, it sounds like what you would expect an older, wiser, maybe a little grayer Alice in Chains to to sound like. Like, they've seen some shit. They've been through some shit. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's perfect. And it's a fucking great song. Yeah. Um, so. I, I, I'll get your rank in just a minute. But I'm going to let you guys know. I shouldn't. Uh, deviate and play on my phone while we're recording. <laughs> He's still buying soda. You're buying soda. I am not. <laughs> I found something else that literally. Uh, uh, no, the blues. The uh, the the old town tropical punch soda has made my night. But this, I I was literally cracking up what the entire time you were talking. And I didn't want you to think that I was just laughing at your views. I wasn't. I was laughing at something that I'm sending you guys. And uh, I'll let you guys watch it while I get your ranks. Buckles, would you rank it? Uh, I give it a nine five. Honest to God, nine five. And ty, nine point two five. And Nate, <laughs> eight point seven five. <laughs> I've seen that before, but that is still fucking great. <laughs> I gave it a ten, as I said. Uh, biased. I love this fucking song. It, it, it's it's absolutely amazing. And uh, what I sent them was a video of uh, Conan the Barbarian. Um, getting uh, spun around by uh, by Rose by by Rose from <laughs> Titanic as they're spinning around, but, it, <laughs> but it's in the style of a giant fucking swing, <laughs> a wrestling style <laughs> giant <laughs> swing. <laughs> She's just having the time of her life. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, That's wonderful. Good <laughs> the next track is uh, last. Oh, we didn't get. Did we get everybody's ranks? We did. We did. Okay, I thought I got. I know I heard mine and yours. I didn't hear Tyler. And I didn't hear uh, Brando. Uh, 
Yep, he's, he finished with a 10. I okay. gave it a 10. Uh, TY gave it a 9.25. Nate gave it an 8.75. Um, gotcha. The next track, Last of My Kind. This was uh, also has contributions from William Duvall and also features him on lead vocals. Um, I'm going to start with TY on this one. What do you, you got to think about Last of My Kind? That is not a single, by the way. Um, just pull this up real quick. Five million plays. I'll, I'll tell you right now, one of the biggest ones right out of the gate, just like a lot of the, I mean, I've complained about, it's just kind of my running complaint, I guess, but some of these goddamn songs are too long. <laughs> Five minutes and 52 seconds. That is a well, I'm haul, right my I'm man. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. A, li- a little later on in the album, we got a seven minute song. We got two seven minute long songs. That that is absurd. I don't have time for that. Nobody got time for that. Time for that. <laughs> I didn't love it. A split second. <laughs> I didn't love it the way that I loved "Check My Brain," um, but I do. I do love the kind of the bass line and the guitars and the, and just the tempo, of the drums. Um, it's really menacing, especially in the first quarter of the song so that's probably my favorite part that's what i dig the most so what i wrote down for it is it has an interesting beginning and with undertone singing and yelling but the fucking chorus slaps very load meets dragula and i'm Mm -hmm. going to (laughs) it's the the way that he sings the Take what I wanted and break all the lies yeah, and that defeat is... the fucking liars in the back of my drag you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually had the same fucking note. Yes. Oh, dude. Uh, it, it made me giggle. It's uh, Of course, it doesn't do Dragula, but it, it, he just says fucking liars smash through the temples and crawl through the rubble <laughs> and cry through the fallen <laughs> back of my drag you. <laughs> I can just see them in the in the fucking buggy. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, uh, I like this song a lot more than I thought I was going to. So uh, yeah, that's my note on it. Buckles, what you got? Um, I said the uh, the opening riff could have come straight off of dirt. Like mm-hmm. the the opening riff is classic Allison Chains. Uh, it's a different voice, but it is Allison Chains at heart. Um, I actually had to know I called it a grungy gunslinger song because it's <laughs> like that. It's got there kind of go. swagger. The only thing I didn't like the uh, the vocal track is that kind of watery doubling, like especially the verses. It's just got that weird kind of effect added to it that they completely take off for that chorus, which is why I think the chorus sounds so much better. Um, but yeah, that chorus and the bridge are both fucking money. They're awesome. I I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I thought I would. Awesome, Nate. So I want to talk about uh, um, this song's place in the album with its jamminess. It's got the the kind of the slower vibe. It's lulling you into a false sense of security. Okay, we all secrets known had this like consistent, almost droning. We peek up to check my brain. This is the roller coaster starting not to drop off in quality per se. I don't want that to be the the way it's looked at, but more. uh, um 
diving off the cliff. You know what I'm saying? We're trying new things now and they're really uh, expanding their range with their vocal harmonies and how they're doing their things. They're also talking about pretty much how they're the last grunge act that's living. And um, I love that kind of conversation piece about the song. But this song is slowing it down a little bit to set up for what's to come, because if you have what's to come too early or too late or wrongly placed, it won't hit as hard as it's about to. And we talk about this a lot in other rank em alls that sometimes the previous song sets the next song up for great success or vice versa. And this one, I think, does a great job of setting up the next song for success. You heard it here first. Nate's not a fan of coming too early. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're welcome, Brando. <laughs> well, we're not all about premature ranking here. So, Nate, right on cue, what's your rank? Uh, my rank for this song was a 6.75. And Buckles? I gave it a solid 8. 8. And T.Y.? 6.75. I gave it an 8.75. Up next, your decision was a single. <laughs> it was the third single uh, released in November of 09. And if if Check My Brain was like the, the big kind of like very catchy, singing along, heavier song uh, for the single, this was the... This was the uh, sap or the yeah, or the jar of flies the, era version. The, um, no excuses in the way. The almost yes, yeah. but we'll start with buckles. What you got for your decision? Um, so there's just something about acoustic Allison Chains. Um, it's their style always blends really well with it. The solo is like kind of almost atonal in spots, which is really weird. Um, I think I actually brought this up in a chat. Uh, with you guys uh, a few weeks ago that this song specifically and a little bit later on the album, but this one more reminded me of the Godsmack acoustic album for whatever reason, it just gave me that kind of vibes that for, I don't know if it's the chords, if it's progression, something just, it made me think back to that album specifically. Um, but I really dug it. I, I dug the Godsmack acoustic album, but um it's not up to par of your no excuses or I stay away. It's not, it's not that quality, but it's still a damn good acoustic metal song. Mm -hmm. Nate, what do you got? Oh, okay. So, um, <clears throat> this is something that Brando, I don't even know if I've ever talked to you about, but, um, Drax has kind of faded, you know, we played our last show and, and then we're off into the sunset or whatever. And then there was a, a small window of time there where I was spending a lot of time in Hoopston visiting dad. And we jammed two songs, two new songs that technically are, are Draxus performed, I guess you'd say, because two of us were there for it. One was um, Monkeys Gone to Heaven by the Pixies. And Your Decision was the other one. And uh, Your Decision is the last song he and I fully played together and i don't know if that'll be the case forever you know i don't know musically what's to come um but somewhere there is a full video of us doing it and i want to find it so fucking bad um this song is really kick-ass it's very deep um very emotional 
Uh, and the first time I heard it, I was like, this song is fucking awesome. Like I fell in love with it. Uh, but yeah, this song is very special to me for reasons that are nothing to do with, uh, you know, just having friends. It, it's a, uh, it's a little more personal. So, uh, I really enjoy this track for sure. T.Y. Um, it's not, I don't have a, a super personal attachment to this song. Um, but I do think it's got, you know, kind of when I rank them, I just kind of, if it checks, it doesn't have to check the box off a hundred percent. It's just got to check the box off in my mind. So I like the length of the song. I like the tempo. The lyrics are cool. I, I love how you brought up sap right away because I mean, it, it, you don't even have to think about it. It's like, if you plugged this into sap, it would fit a hundred percent. Um, and it wouldn't feel out of place. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it's definitely one of my favorites on the album just because it's so casual. Um, it's something that a lot of times, uh, like if I'm playing like a Alice in Change shuffle in my truck or something, the song will come on more than once. It'll be like, and even though I've just heard it, it'll be like, oh, I haven't heard this song in a while just because I enjoy it so much. You know what I mean? Could you imagine if Lane had not passed that they would... Oh, man. Well, hold on. Yeah. But like, just like imagine he was pushing Jerry to sing more, you know, to express himself. And he was pushing himself to write more and, and play guitar more. Mm -hmm. I can kind of imagine an album where Lane's like, all right, this album, you're singing, and I'm your backup. Mm -hmm. And Jerry, I can see him being intimidated by that guy. Like, no, no, no. And like, and Lane's like, no. Trust you're, me. You're the star of this album. I'm back here, and this is what we're going to do. And this is the kind of song... Of course, that's a lot of this album is the, the, the style right. is right. this, but it's this kind of song that sounds very classic sounding and it's very welcoming where, where we've mm -hmm. had some departure from the first three songs, but also enough there that makes it feel familiar. Uh, this one is classic sounding acoustic Alice in Chains, uh, very classic Jerry. I mean, it, it's it, it's there's just something about this track that hits with me. And I don't know That's what it, it is. Like, like it, I said, I had that that action of notes is just something about acoustic Alice in Chains. Yeah, it, like it just yeah. hits. Mm -hmm. I love the little diddles in the background of and, and like in the strings. This sounds like Alice in Chains, but just evolved, <clears throat> like evolved a bit. Maybe leaning into some new, like us, you know, some newer influences. Uh, and maybe that's not. Maybe that's why it sounds just a little bit di uh, different from like the other um, uh, acoustic right. works. But right. I gave, I gave this one a ten. I love it. It's awesome. Ty, would you give it? Ten. Ten. Buckles. Uh, seven five actually. And Nate. Ten. Ten. Outlier. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> kind of what we thought was going to happen, though. Buckles. Uh... <laughs> well, like I said, I didn't. I I didn't dislike the song. Why all, did you actually? have to listen to the damn album again? <laughs> oh, no, actually, my my scores for this one didn't change. Oh, okay, I, my notes changed a little bit. My scores actually. Didn't all change. right, all right, I'll 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 buy it. 
A Looking in View is the next song. It was the first single and the only song on the album to have input from all the band members. Uh, Kentrell, Duval, Sean Kenny, Mike Inez. I guess I just did not. I didn't realize they they there was a four piece. I said earlier a five piece. I guess uh, Duval is both a singer mm-hmm. and a guitar player, so doubling up in there. Anyway, uh, this track is one of the is it's seven minutes long, and um, you know we if you've been listening along, you know every, every single time that 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 clock ticker hits five. So uh, five colon zero zero, yeah. Tyler, oh, somewhere to say about it. Ty- Tyler somewhere is driving in traffic, going, yelling and screaming in traffic. For the love of God! How long is this fucking song? God damn it! <laughs> and uh, and just me- ripping my hair out. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm the dude over here that listens to like uh like uh, nine minute Symphony X songs, twenty four minute Symphony X songs, going. Yeah, that's cool. Let's get it. Anyway, um, this song <laughs> is slow and chunky. It's kind of broody and uh, even doomy a little bit, like the self-titled. Uh, it kind of brings it back to that style a little bit, but not as drony. whereas the self-titled was broody and drony. It doesn't really have a lot of that. I can almost imagine had they have uh, evolved that that sound a little bit, mm-hmm. Um this is a little bit a more pleasant to the ears version of the self-titled doom metal. Um, but um, yeah. Um, good shit. Good shit. I like it. Uh, we'll go with Nate. What you got? Uh, now that you've told me this was their first single, it sounds like a rate a written radio hit. Like it's trying to be a radio jam. It's a lot longer than you would expect a radio jam to be. And I wonder if there's a radio edit out there or something where it's like five minutes and 14 seconds or some shit, but um, it's pushing forward. It's got a lot of great. I love the, um, the aggression in the riffs, the angles in the riffs. And then I love musically speaking, the way they dialed in their amps for this one. It just has a little bit of a, a grungier chunk than the rest of the album. Not like they, not that they've departed from their own sound, but just like they really refined it for this one to give a little bit extra crispy. It's a, it's fucking, zesty. It's zesty. That's the fucking word. It's zesterific. Zesty uh, yes. chunk. But um, this is uh, more of a <laughs> delayed reaction. <laughs> wait, wait a minute, dog. He said zesty chunk. That shit funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, shit, that shit funny, yeah. That shit funny, dog. Shit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, this Sorry. song, this song does leave some to be desired because it it, it kind of just wraps around itself a bunch, like mm-hmm. it's trying to wrap around itself a bunch. And I'm just like, hey, we get the point. You could have said this in one verse, one chorus, a bridge, and another verse, and I'd have been fucking on mm-hmm. it but you went a lot further and I'm not a fan. So that's what I'm going to say. I'll leave it at that and I'll give you guys my number rank here in a bit. All right. Buckles, what you got? Um, I think it's kind of funny. You guys mentioned the dad rock earlier with, uh, with uh, the first song. Cause this is the, where, where I got a lot more of the dad rock to it. Actually the first note I had was okay. So we're starting with late nineties, early two thousands WWE walkout music. Like this has got that just generic early two thousands rock 
vibe to me. And unfortunately, I was not feeling the song at all. Um, the double track vocals uh, bothered the shit out of me. They're buried again. Uh, it's way too long. And it's the two things you'll notice in my past rankings for Alice and Chain stuff is that I don't mind a long song, but when it's long and sludgy, and just like it just keeps going. I'm just like, I'm done. I, I want the song to be over with. Um, it's not bad. It's just not my, not my, I wasn't feeling it. And the vocals really bugged the hell out of me. Like the double tracking. And I'll, I'll touch on this more as we go along. But when I made the comment earlier about trying to sound too much like Lane, how much of a, uh, how much, when do we get to the point where too much of a good thing is becoming a bad thing? All right. When you listen to Alice in Chains, one of the things you always expect to hear is harmony, right? That's it's kind of a, it's their calling card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, there's points in this album where it seems like they're trying to force that harmony so much, like that's why they're double tracking his vocals, is because they're not getting a harmony, so we're going to do it that way. Well, and, and they've done it in the past too, done, and it, yeah. it wasn't successful. No, and you it know was, it wasn't it was, great when they did it in the past. They always double track Lane, though they weren't double tracking Cantrell. Right. This is this is when it was double tracking lane. It was to get an effect. It seemed like mm-hmm. this is trying to mimic the harmony without harmonizing. Right. And it just comes off as grating to me. And it they started doing that. Um, I mean, the only the only song that it really doesn't make a difference and it doesn't affect the song and doesn't hurt the song to me is "Check My Brain" because they do the same thing there they do here. But this, mm-hmm. it just stands out as just, it's not hitting right. It's not coming right. And mm-hmm. I, it bugs the shit out of me. So I, I just was not feeling this one very much. T.Y.? I'm, I, I don't have a whole lot to say. I'd say I'm right in the middle between what Nate and Alex said. I think that's the best way to put it. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll just hit you up with your rank. What you got? Six, even. And Buckles. Give it a five. And Nate. Sticks even. <laughs> like here. Here's my Sasquatch image. <laughs> Probably was a terrible image, but I was trying to show you that I also have. <laughs> it was I like, the camera too. It, it, I it looked the like camera. you hold, held it up and just did this. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looked like shit. What the course. hell are you doing? that's what it looked like don't you know it's this obviously oh that's my rank i think bigfoot is blurry that's the problem (laughs) that makes a lot of sense he's just a blurry individual glitch in the matrix that's even more scary to me there's a large (laughs) out of focus monster roaming the countryside I gave oh, it a nine. God. I gave the song a nine. Woo! I like it. All right. Uh, the next song, When the Sun Rose Again. It's in the middle of the album. <laughs> but we'll start with T.Y. What you got for this one, bud? I love the acoustic uh, in this one. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's short. It's pretty catchy. Um There's, I just I, yeah. I, I, I hold on. I'm listening to it in the back. I just really like how when 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 Jerry's really steering the ship, the the instrument, the instrumentals, the they turn them way down in the background. So it's kind of the opposite of 
where the vocals have been so overshadowed earlier in the album it's now they really get to shine so i'm a fan buckles um again i dig the acoustic vibe i love mm-hmm. the uh, hand percussion in it um it feels like there there's something disquieting about the song that i can't quite put my finger on like there's something like in the background to it and it's, it seems like it's a, supposed to be an optimistic song maybe but there's something just about it. there's like this underlying like this menace that there's something off here um again i think they went for a harmony and something was just not clicking with the harmony there i think they actually i don't think they double tracked this one so much as this was an actual attempt at harmony and it just wasn't hitting right um i think part of it i i kind of noticed it a little more with this is when they try for a harmony on a higher end like they used to have to do with lane when it was jerry and all them harmonizing with lane on a higher timbre they do it a lot more naturally now jerry's got a lower voice and they're trying to go down to match him rather than going up and it just doesn't quite click the same way now granted that's part of it is because this is all brand new mm-hmm. but yeah it's just something that kind of stood out to me a little bit i liked it though uh this is another one that gave me kind of that weird godsmack acoustic vibe for some reason I don't know if I was just in the mood to listen to that album for that day or what, but <laughs> I, fuck if I know. I feel you, though. I definitely feel you. Nate, what you got? Oh, uh, okay. So, first of all, less is more. You fuck. <laughs> Let's just bring that back. Less is more. You fuck. Uh, because of aggressive. The, <laughs> no, but it's a fact. Buckles, listen to me. This song pulls you in. Because the whole time you're like, are the drums going to kick in? Are we going to get heavy guitar? No, it's not that. It's not that at all. It draws you in. Sometimes it's almost the wrestling thing. How does amazing promo happen when someone talks softly and makes you really listen to their voice? Not when they're loud and obnoxious and yelling. So because it just it's too much. This song is just it's it's. And then my favorite part of the song. Okay, lyrically cool. It's good. I like the light vocal harmonies and stuff that they do. I do like the hand percussion, like Buckles said. Mm-hmm. The solo is the fucking titties, though. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I was going like, to say, when that electric man. guitar yeah. comes in in the back, the back third of the song. Yeah. It just it squeals in, and it hits with such an emotion that raises the fucking hairs on your arms. Like mm-hmm. That's what I listen to music for is exactly that feeling. Because you aren't expecting it. The whole song has been on this level. Like I said, in the early parts, maybe you kind of expect that. Okay, could could they go chunky right now? Are they about to bring in some drums? No. So you're really locked into listening to paying attention to the song, and the solo comes in and just slaughters you. It really does. And it's um, lyrically, I think it's very powerful. It's almost like the self fulfilling prophecy. You know, like um, you told me this was going to be how things were. Um, and then because you told me what you told me, exactly what you told me would happen, happened. And it's, uh, it's very, 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 uh, again, pretty, pretty incredible with the lyrical content, but I don't think we've ever questioned Jerry's ability to write great fucking lyrics, right? He's an amazing lyricist. Um, some of it, I would say this song is on the list though. There's probably like two, three songs. This one, your decision is another one, obviously. Um, and maybe one more. But um, would have loved to hear how Lane interpreted these songs, man. Yeah, for sure. Oh, just man. But that's all I got. Um, yeah, Nate, you hit it right on the head. You guys pretty much, each one of you, at some point, 
said everything that I had written down. So I hit nails. <laughs> I hit nails. <laughs> I gave it an eight. Nate, what did you give it? I gave it a seven point seven five, bro. Right there in the range. Okay, and buckles. Seven even. Seven and ty. Eight even. Eight even. There we go. The next track is Acid Bubble. Hell of a name for a song. Yep. I will go first this time since I didn't say my notes last time. This song's fucking heavy. Yeah. This song is fucking... And it's even got some Sabbath tones. At times, you know, like... Uh, when when you go back and listen to Facelift, we kept saying, "Man, is this? Were they like trying to cover, you know, uh, uh, freaking Guns and Roses or something? Mm-hmm. Were they trying to be yeah. Guns and Roses light? Here, there, there is some Sabbath stuff, yeah. and, and they're a little bit all over the place with the tone, but for some reason, I kind of dig it. Uh, this might be my hidden gem on the album. Like, just really weird. I don't know why. It's hard to say." But I, I really enjoyed it. And Buckles is laughing. He's going to disagree with me vehemently. So I'll let him go next. Um, my the last note I have for this was yeah, the name is appropriate. This song gave me heartburn. <laughs> I did not like this at all. Mm-mm. It is lumbering. It is all over the fucking place. Like that, the shift between the verse and chorus, or if you want to call it a verse and chorus is fucking bipolar like it's not just abrupt it is a car hit a wall abrupt like it is a harsh and i yeah i did not care for this at all like it was way too all over the place ty yeah i'm right there with you alex the the tone and the tempo changes you know i was super into how heavy it came in but then it's it's up and then it's like, down. Yeah. The, and then just the fact that it keeps doing it. And, you know, the, I'm already the second complain. time. The second time is more abrupt than the first. Like mm-hmm. the second time is even harsher. And I'm already going to complain because it's seven minutes long and I'm an old man <laughs> and I yell at clouds. But, you know, it's like if it and see, here's the cool thing. You could probably take each chunk of this song and turn it into something really cool, mm-hmm. really fun, but it's smashed together. And then, yeah. you know, it just, for me, it just doesn't work. I also want to point out they did the, the again, the, the vocals are buried mm-hmm. through parts of it again. Yeah, for sure. Nate. Um, I want to touch Brando a little bit on what you're saying and a little bit on what they're saying. Cause I see both sides of this. I think musically, this song is very boring. Okay. Like, I mean, there's not a lot to grasp onto because it's kind of the same riff over and over and they just kind of recycle it in different subtle ways. But I think lyrically speaking, they have something special. Of course, now the back half of the song is a total different, you know, vibe. It has the chunk move and they kind of just shuffle, you know, but in the first half of the song, some of the lyrics, I mean, um, just some of my favorite lines here and then. Some of this is the chorus, too, which I want to talk about how I feel like they overused accidentally. I think it works better as a verse and less as a chorus. But um, in the verse, uh, I tried to shake it off. You can't remove this stain. A scale breaks impossible. Afraid we are the same. Awesome line. Um, And then it's you never paid attention to the lines I crossed. Forgive this imperfection. It shows and no. 
I am the child that lives and cries in the corner, dies in the corner, unloved inside your mind. Like that's some heavy shit to latch on to. Like some personal things have gone askew in Jerry's life for him to write those words and personal bridges burned, you know, with people and his uh, internal perception of how someone else views him and how uh, hard that can be to um, maybe not necessarily live up to expectations or feel like you do everything to live up to expectations and don't get the um, uh, love you deserve or the kindness you deserve. Um, but yeah, this song has some redeeming qualities. It has some lower qualities. Am I the last to talk on it? Yeah, I do want to, I, I want to so, say one other thing really quick. Sure. Just cause you, as you brought up the lyrics being a big point, there's a, an argument and Tyler, you've got your thing with, with the length of the songs. There's something that bothers me if I'm listening to a song and I have to go look up the lyrics afterwards because I can't tell what you're saying. Like, there's a place for that. Like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go fucking over to Norway and listen to Demi Borger, I'm not gonna expect I understand what the hell he's saying. You know, if it's gonna be guttural, you know, Cookie Monster with corpse paint on, I don't expect to understand that. But if you're singing, if you're not doing like a a, a shriek or a bellow or whatever the hell it is, if you're singing. And I can't tell what you're saying because the track is messed up because the volume is too low mm-hmm. because the double track or whatever reason that it doesn't matter how good your lyrics are. If I can't fucking hear them. Like, I don't know. It's just one of my major pet peeves. Like, it just annoys the shit out of me. You're not wrong. So Nate, what did you rank it? 5.75. Five point seven five. And Buckles. Deuces. Two. two. And T.Y. 5.25. 5.25. I gave it a nine. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I just I felt it in my bones. <laughs> felt it out in the cockles a little felt bit. It yeah. Down, down <sighs> deep. It's going to be interesting <laughs> once we get done here because, uh, like, if you can't tell, I really vibe this album and uh, still do. The next song, Lesson Learned, was a single. Was it the last one? Twas the last one. June. I thought that was my kid, but this is my cat. <laughs> there are four singles. There are four singles. Looking in view, check my brain, your decision, and Lesson Learned, June 22. 22- I- I never would have known that. I thought I literally thought Check My Brain was the only single I ever heard off. Of I song. thought Check My Brain and Your Decision were the only two, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Le- Lesson Learned was the last single, and um, I wrote down, it seems like a return to form with the riffs and vocals. Uh, pretty classic sounding here. Relatively short, too, T.Y., at the four-minute, mm-hmm. 16-second mark. Right up your alley, so... Uh, it's right uh, in my wheelhouse. Right in your wheelhouse. So why don't we stay in your wheelhouse? Like, what do you got to say about it? I'm a big fan of this one. You know, it's unfortunate. You know, like we were just saying with the whole single thing, um, because I, I again, I would have lost money on that every time. Um, I really like the chorus. Nowhere to buy in. Most of us hiding. Others are shining. Mm-hmm. You know, just just kind of how it goes from the chorus to the verse and and. You know, like like Nate's pointed out a lot, and 
you know, Jerry really shines. And I think here, you know, some of the lyrics in the, in the verses and like the pre-chorus and stuff like that. I'm just a big fan and it's short. So it gives me more time to listen to other good, good juicy stuff that they have. What about you, Nate? What do you got for lesson learned? This is a more Alice in Chains song than a lot of songs on this album. This is back to that like um, grunge foot on the pedal, hit a groove, give it to the audience. You can see the whole crowd just fucking head banging to this and just being locked into the moment. And really, this is their strange little show up moment towards the end of the album where they actually start to really blossom. And like, you're like, man, more of this would be okay. They need to like, maybe refine it a little bit. There's some repetitiveness and, you know, maybe the lyrics could be tweaked a little bit, but for the most part, this is a pretty uh, well-designed song that keeps you listening to the back half of an album, you know? So I'm about it. But you buckles. Um, I have my notes are that for some reason this feels weirdly mixed again. Like it, like the vocals are buried again. It was um, something just felt like it was hitting my ears weird. Like I just wasn't vibing with it as much. Um, it felt like the same chords and riffs just got repeated a lot. So it just kind of just kind of cycled itself through and didn't really register much. Um, I had trouble with the lyrics uh, with the with the vocals because they follow the guitar so cleanly that it's almost hard to pick them out in spots like they actually follow the melody of the guitar quite a bit Mm -hmm. and that again between that and the mixing i just kind of just didn't hit right with me it like super blends to each other yes it is very it just became kind of uh very homogenous and very no uh, yeah. Like also I I having hearing is. issues, bro. I, I know that it was one thing I did kind of struggle with is and this, you know, you said it a lot on this album, but I think this song is another indicative uh, moment of showing that like, yeah, they need to maybe mix just a slight bit better. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and also this is, I'm going to start pointing out more because it becomes more of an issue with me is that again, when too much of a good thing at no point in this album, it feels like every, all of the vocals are either harmony or double tracked by this point. Like almost every single vocal on this album uh, to this point with very few exceptions feels like it has some effect on it, whether that's harmony, whether that's double track, whether it's the, the watery thing in, uh, in uh, fucking um, last of my kind. And I just started like, I kind of felt myself wanting less harmony. Like I just want, let the singer fucking sing. Well, and that's funny because I had a very similar um, critique on the self-titled where it, 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 it wasn't really harmonizing. They were just doubling Lane's voice all the time. Right. And he was kind of like not singing to his full potential or that's was his mm-hmm. intent maybe to sing a little bit more, uh, you know, like downtrodden or, or droney. And it definitely like made me less interested in it. Uh, so. To me, it felt more along the lines of they felt hamstrung by the need to be Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. That's where I, again, where you, you asked the perfect question at the beginning of this show of should they have kept it? I feel like they're trying so hard to keep that hallmark, that sound, that vocal sound and that harmony on every goddamn song that they're hamstringing themselves in, to, in order to do so. 
they're so beholden to want to be what they were before that they're not allowing themselves to actually do something interesting going forward. The sad part about it is kind of, at least, you know, from my perspective, a racehorse is only making you money when it's racing. Mm-hmm. So, no, you know, I yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, I think it's a good example of how the business world kind of affects, you know, it affects everything um, yeah. everywhere. And it's like, okay, we, we want to get together. We want to do this again. We need to make some money while we're doing it too. There's also you know. the there's also the aspect of this is the first time they've released an album with all mm-hmm. this together and and you hit it right on the head at the beginning that that's a risk it's a huge risk and you don't want to run the risk of somebody listening to it that doesn't sound anything like Alice in Chains I don't want to listen to that anymore mm-hmm. so they're it's a balance they have to strike and this is their first chance their first bite at the apple of trying to do that yeah so I understand I understand that that's why I'm not as critical of it it's just something that starts cropping up in my mind when i'm listening to the album ty did we get on what you had to say ty did we get on what you had to say there mm-hmm. okay uh, we've been kind of carrying on a little bit and i'm and my brain's like did, <clears throat> did everybody say something all right buckles would you rank it i didn't care for it i gave it a three a three and ty uh 6.5 and nate not too far off 6.75 Gave it a 9.75. <laughs> uh, we've established that I'm the Debbie Downer for this album, it seems like. Um, the next track, Take Her Out. Um, We'll go to Nate first. Nate, what do you got for Take Her Out? Okay, so Take Her Out is one of those tracks that... Um, how do I word this? musically this time they nail it like i love a lot of musically what they do with the entire song i like the verse riff i love the chorus riff Mm -hmm. i do not necessarily care for the lyrics i'm kind of just like uh, okay I, i feel like the song is dragging on i think there's a lyric about time dragging on no the song is in fact dragging on for me um but uh it does pick up it's got a cool chorus um i think that the chorus vocal saved the song in a lot of ways because it's what gets stuck in your head like that little earworm you guys have experienced it you're driving on the back country roads and all of a sudden wanna take her out again pops in your head and you're just like yeah i'm gonna go jam that now i guess it's in my playlist now playing this song wow okay it's cool it's got I will say this, though. Here's one thing that uh, not just this song, but the whole album Cantrell flexes on like, hey, I'm still a fucking great guitar player. Do not forget that, that I am the man. Look at these riffs. Watch me be the riff master. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like I like uh, like I said, uh, parts of this song turned me off to it. But a majority of the song I'm a big fan of. Uh, yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah, I wrote it's a chunky, catchy little song, but nothing overly special, which holds it back from great status. It's like it, it's it's there. You can definitely tell that this is. No, I actually had that note of this is a song on the album. Yeah, it will. It's, <laughs> this it, is a song. <laughs> yeah, this, here in Soviet Russia, here is song. This is <laughs> this is music. I give you. 
But I mean, like it's it's like it doesn't quite reach anything other than what it is, and mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. definitely like that they wrote a song and it's not quite there as far as like man, this could be a great song on Alice in Chains record. It's like this is a B side, but it's not a bad B side. It's just still a B side. It's just there. It's just there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's so like, do both of you have anything else to add? No, I for sure. Uh, really, the only thing I have is that it's fun, it's catchy, but it's pretty forgettable. I did really like the s- guitar solo about mm-hmm. mid three quarters of the way through songs. Pretty yep. good. I think my the last note I had here is maybe I'm just being harsh. This just feels like nothing. Like it just it's a song. It's a not a bad song. It's not a good song. It's just a song on the album. Yep. All right. Pretty then. middle of the road for sure. And what'd yep. you rank it, Buckles? Uh, middle of the road to five. Five and ty. and Nate 7.5 well I'll be damned the streak is over I gave it a 7 somebody ranked it higher than me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like I said I think that verse wise the verse uh, vocals are not great and that kind of detracts me from liking it more but the majority of the song I jam quite a bit like Nate hit a very good point in that the musically, like the guitars and everything, this album is really fun to listen to for that. It's the other shit that brings it down in my mind. But Cantrell's still a damn good guitar player. Up next, Private Hell. And it's funny, Buckles, you've been talking about the vocal harmonies is too much. I feel like this is a song, and I wrote it in my notes, where the vocal harmonies stand out, actually, to me. Um, as being a positive thing about this particular song. Uh, and that was the one thing in particular that like l- l- kept me listening to the song. So I'm anxious to hear you, and I'll go to you first. What do you um, have to say about it? Also, the first line I had is, like, I find myself wanting less and less harmony, um, just because at this point it feels like it's forced. Um I do like the solo quite a bit lyrically. I love dig the lyrics. It's very much Alice in Chains lyrics. Um, the vocals again are not there to me. Um, and that just kind of kept dragging me out of it. I, the, the thing that I kind of found damning to it was that it sounds, I'm not going to say indistinguishable, but it sounds very much of a piece with take her out and lesson learned. And the last note I have is just, I kind of feel myself wanting to skip ahead because I could feel like I'm hearing the same song for the last 20 minutes. Interesting. How about you, T.Y.? I actually, you know, I, I had this is one that I had to listen to kind of by itself four or five times before, you know, just kind of like listening to individual pieces and picking it apart. I actually agree with you, Brandon. I really like the harmonies in this one because especially in the beginning of the song um, Duvall is so much in the background Mm -hmm. and it's almost like Jerry singing by himself. Um, I really like the guitar in this song. Uh, That's probably my favorite part. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But just, but just throughout, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it was really easy for me to just kind of just latch onto the guitar and then just kind of write it for the rest of the song. But I but I definitely did like this one more than some of the others, for sure. What about you, Nate? I really love the chunkiness of this song, and this song's beginning. I wanted to mention this before I forget. 
I wrote in my notes, goo goo chains, because the very beginning of the song has like a goo goo dolls vibe, you know, like uh, like like they slowed slide down like like the 20 notches in the tempo, you know, um, instead of it being like doom, doom, down to doom, down, down, it's like doom, doom, down. Don't don't. It just like has I don't know a different weird vibe. I really I really uh kind of got a laugh out of that. But I love the chorus, um the imagery he paints of just like mentally speaking beating the fuck out of yourself because we do it oh, as yeah. humans. We do it. We're yeah. overcritical of our every move and our decisions that we make on a daily basis of, as a and as human beings. And sometimes you're like, you'll stew for a month on a decision you made that doesn't really in the grand scheme of things, make a fucking lick of difference, but in your head, it's so important. And uh, this song, I think definitely captures that, like, like being trapped inside. I think that's why the, the like the rep, the repetitiveness and the kind